Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. All right, and welcome to Podcast 355. We'll get into edutainment, gamification, engaging presentations, how to get more people to listen, to get them to want to do what you want them to do and like doing it. Because I'm telling you, if they're not listening, if they don't care, if they have excuses, it's on you. You got to create a better presentation. You got to be more persuasive. You got to be more influential. And you have to understand the world of edutainment. What is edutainment? It's the combination of education and entertainment. That's the new world of the day, edutainment. And we're getting to gamification based on listener email. So I hope everyone's having an awesome week. You're achieving your goals. You're making more money. You're being more persuasive. You're being more successful. This is peak season for me for the perfect persuasive presentation training as I get in with CEOs and I know I shouldn't. Some politicians that need persuasion training, influence training, presentation training, because you've seen enough of them to know that, woo, you need some help. So I make it more persuasive, more charismatic, and teach them how to persuade with power, which is our goal here today. Skills we should have learned in school, but for some reason, they spend all our time on math, which, you know, is important. But we know 85% of our success in life and in business comes back to our soft skills. Let's kick it off. Let's start it off with the geeky scholarly article. This one is interesting. It comes from the Journal of Experimental Psychology, University of Chicago, and Professor Alex Shaw. Why some people lie to appear more honest. Crazy stuff that people are lying so they can be more honest, even though when you lie, you're less honest. Let's talk about it. The study shows that people bend truth even when they lose money to avoid appearing dishonest. We've heard honesty is the best policy, but what if the truth seems less believable than the lie? The study shows that people will fudge the truth or lie a little bit, even at personal monetary cost. So the use of different online experiments and interactive games that discover that people sometimes weigh the cost to their reputation more heavily than the cost to their pockets. The example they give, a person who drives to work may underreport their mileage for expenses. A lawyer who works unusually high hours may bill fewer hours because they don't want the client to feel cheated or the boss to think they're making up their numbers. Even when somebody wins too many times, say, for example, on coin flips, they might throw in a few losses because it's unbelievable that they've won so many times. Now, we've always known that people do the little white lie, trying to be nice to other people, saying you look skinny in those jeans. That's a little different. That's sparing human feelings, and it's up to you whether you like that or don't like that. That's okay. That's not okay. A lot of people lie to spare the people's feelings, but so this is a different kind of lie. You see, this lie isn't helping someone else. You're back to you that you might appear dishonest. So even though it's the truth, you have this fear of looking dishonest, so it causes you to lie. So researchers asked 150 lawyers, well, we'll see if that's going to make this study good or bad, but they asked them to imagine giving a client an estimate of 60 to 90 billable hours. 
Half the participants were told they actually worked 60 hours, while the other half were told they actually worked 90. And of course, the client had no way to verify the hours. So on average, the 60-hour group reported working 62.5 hours, with 70% of respondents falsely inflating their time spent. The 90-hour group reported an average of 88 hours, with 18% of respondents falsely under-reporting how long they worked. They also did this with students who were rolling dice and did coin flipping games online that were rigged, so they always won. I mean, they'd win 12 out of 12 times. Almost 25% of them underreported their wins. So the key thing is when you're worried about appearing dishonest, that causes you to lie, which is dishonest, so you appear more honest, which is crazy. So you have to understand when things appear or look too good to be true, people might lie, so they appear more true. We've talked about this in trust studies before. We talk about the five C's of trust that you can find in Magnetic Persuasion on MaximizeYourInfluence.com is that when you look at credibility, when you're too good to be true, even though it is true, it's not true to the prospect. So many times if you can take a weakness, I'm not saying lie here, but take a weakness of your product, your service, your idea, whatever you're trying to persuade people to do, reveal the weakness, turn it into a strength, show both sides of the issue you actually appear more honest and have more credibility, which increases your trust. So I'm not telling you to lie, but I'm saying sometimes human nature is we don't want to say anything that could be bad or maybe perceived as a weakness. Hey, reveal it. Tell them you were over budget. Yeah, we blew it last time, but you know what? We learned this. We put this in the place. We're stronger. We're better than ever. Those are the things you want to put into place. All right. Time for the Persuasion Ninja of the Week. Not doing the blender, we're doing a ninja. This actually goes to YouTube. Now, YouTube is pretty blatant with their commercials and trying to get money from you so it's commercial free. And some of these channels have so many commercials you don't want to watch anymore. But I've noticed with YouTube, and you can see this on TV and radio, that they're putting in commercials at a certain spot that you don't even know they're commercial. It's the same content, same cadence, same rhythm. Now, I'm not sure if they're doing this on purpose. I think they are. But they go right into the commercial, you don't notice a difference, and you start to listen to it. And you're halfway through it before you realize, you know, it's a commercial. And you've done this on TV for like, oh, I'm watching commercial. Instead of fast-forwarding through those, you're listening to the radio, and all of a sudden, oh, commercial, and you haven't switched to another channel. It's because you're almost hypnotized. You're in the rhythm. They get you into the commercial. You start listening. You don't even know you're listening to that commercial. That is ninja territory. You see, this is opposite of a pattern interrupt. This is when you burp, I don't know, <laughs> or there's a loud sound or something that startles people, that grabs people's attention. That can't be good in the world of influence. When people are startled or you arouse curiosity or there's something that grabs their attention, that could be a good thing. But that's not a good thing when you're grabbing their attention for something you don't want, like a commercial. So they do the opposite, where, where they try to match the cadence, the content, or the topic where you're into a commercial and don't even know it. So be more aware of that next time you are listening to a commercial, watching a commercial when you didn't want to. They hypnotized you. They put you into a trance. They are ninjas because they got you to listen or watch to a commercial even though you didn't want to. Be more aware of that. Even though it's a subconscious thing, it's crazy. If they can get you hypnotized into the zone where they go to a commercial, you don't even know it. That is a power tool. It's what I call hypnotic influence. It's one of the key skills you can learn to persuade and influence. Time for listener email. Oh boy. 
By the way, when you use your email on this show, you get a free subscription to Influence University. Check us out at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. You can check out Influence University, the archives of the podcast. Get the free book, the new edition of the book, Maximum Influence, for free. Just pick up a little shipping and handling and or take your persuasion IQ assessment at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. There's also a contact us spot there where you can send in your email to find out more about the show, about our coaching, about our training, and of course, how to take your life and your income to the next level. This is from Joseph from Kentucky. Kurt, I'm going through persuasive presentations. Thank you for the PowerPoint. I'm creating a sales presentation that I need to rock. <laughs> okay, thanks, Joseph. By the way, listeners, there's a PowerPoint that's step-by-step how to create a persuasive sales presentation. If you want more information on that, I'll post a link at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Kurt, I'm wondering about gamification. I've been hearing that word a lot lately. Is that something I need to incorporate in my presentation? What is it? How do I use it? How do I incorporate it? And is it persuasive? All right, let's talk about gamification. It's a relatively new word, although the concept has been around for a while. Basically, like games or game-like elements to your presentation, to your app to your sales force, it encourages participation. Basically, it takes the boredom out of long training sessions. It gets people more engaged. The more engaged they are, the easier they are to influence. We see this in marketing. We see it on websites. We see it in the sales room. We see it in learning. And it's definitely something you could incorporate in your presentation. Now, Joseph, if it's a quick 20, 30-minute presentation, probably not. But the longer the presentation, I would add... Certain elements of gamification, keep them more engaged, keep people interesting, especially if we're talking marketing or website or different apps. Because when you create a little competition, a little more engagement, a little more excitement, a little more reason to listen, a bigger reason to do things, people are more engaged. Because when you gamify something, it increases attention and engagement. And again, it creates that competitive environment back and forth. It connects people, it increases energy in the room, it promotes teamwork, helps participation, promotes retention. And one of the cool things I've seen with gamification when you're doing three, four, five-day seminars, especially at first when you incorporate a game, maybe the first 30, 60 minutes, people overcome their shyness. They get rid of their nerves, especially in a room full of strangers. Now, careful here. When you gamify something, it could cause conflict. I know when I teach negotiation, I have a conflict module. We actually play a game where their goal is to win as much money as they can. And the only way you can do that is to sabotage people in the room. Now, the team comes together. They love it. They're engaged. They're having fun. But then the other side can screw them, take advantage of them. It's to promote conflict to see how people handle conflict. Because people think they're nice and having fun until conflict arises, then they act differently. And we show different forms of conflict, how to deal with it and what to do. Now, here's the challenge is that the team comes together, but they hate the other team. In fact, for the next couple of days, they're throwing insults at each other based on this game. It was just a game. It was for fun. And people that took advantage of each other, they were trying to win the game. That's what they do. But they cross conflict and they hate each other. So be very careful with the gamification. Usually it brings people together. You can cause a lot of conflict and people start getting upset at each other. In fact, some interesting numbers from Accelerol.com. 80% of learners would be more productive if their work was more game-like. If you haven't read about it, Amazon's adding gamification to the workplace for those that are filling the boxes and doing their fulfillment. They're gamifying it so they're having more fun, making it a contest, and people are more engaged. 
89% said a point system would increase their engagement. So just know gamification's fun, engaging, makes it easier to learn, makes it easier to change, and it can create recognition. So how do you do this? Well, in a presentation, you can have prizes, certificates, diplomas. You can play games, give feedback, do team exercises, do the jigsaw. Jigsaw is when you separate the room, let's say, in four groups, and they learn a certain topic. Then they separate and teach others the topic. So having other people engage in teaching and doing things, it could even be having them tell a joke or being part of a big team exercise. I mentioned group contests, even if there's a leaderboard, rewards, polls and surveys that you can now do on your cell phones. Have you seen the clickers to answer questions to take tests, incentives, quizzes? You see where we're going with this? Even icebreakers. I mentioned earlier, when I do these long three, four, five day seminars, We do an icebreaker all up front, do a little scavenger hunt, have them talk to each other, interact with the group. It creates energy, it breaks the ice, it's a lot of fun, and we make it a contest where the first 10 people get to win something, and it makes it more engaging and more fun, and again, reduces the nerves and reduces shyness. Now, we even see this in marketing. They know anything they can do to increase customer interaction with points, levels, logging in, loyalty programs, rewards, badges, games, anything they can do, any type of competition can make a huge difference. In fact, demengen.com has some interesting numbers that 81% of marketers believe that interactive content is more attention-grabbing than static content. Oh, I think that's a duh, absolutely. We also mentioned that 88% of B2B marketers are converting the material to be more interactive. And 70% of marketers believe interactive content is more successful at converting visitors. So it's real, it's out there. So Joseph, again, short sales presentation, but the longer the presentation, the more you need to keep them engaged, absolutely use these different aspects of gamification. It's there, it's out there. It's amazing what people will do to get a punch in their punch card. You've seen this at like sandwich shops where, you know, buy 10, get one free. And if you miss out, if they don't click it, if they don't do it, People get upset. People are more loyal just for a click on their card so they can get their free sandwich. You've been there. You know what I'm talking about. People get crazy when they don't get their hotel points or their airline frequent flyer miles. People go crazy. Keeps people loyal. I'm loyal to my airline. And I'm telling you, it's not online arrival. It's not their service. It's not the prices. It's because of the miles. The frequent flyer miles, they treat me right. They give me the upgrades. There's a loyalty program. That's why I'm loyal. I've spent years building up my multi-billion mile status, and it would be very hard to change my loyalty. So Joseph, hopefully that answers your question. If any of any questions for me, again, Kurt, K-U-R-T at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. In our time left, I want to get into the term I talked about earlier, which is part of gamification, is edutainment. The days no longer exist where you can just educate, but you have to entertain. Even in my world, as a keynote speaker, we have 90 minutes, people want to know, are you funny? They want to see video clips. They want to be engaged. They want to listen. You have magicians doing keynote addresses, stand-up comics, sword swallowers. You name it. They want to be engaged. They want to listen. It's not just education anymore. It's entertainment. Even my world is teaching college courses. I'll ask the students first day, how many of you here to see if I'm any good? And half the class will raise their hand. They have options many times and they don't want to be bored. They want to be engaged. Uh, rateyourprofessor.com. Hello. They look you up. They want to see. They give feedback. No longer the days where you can get by being mediocre. You got to be engaging because anybody can inform, but is it influential? Anybody can present as a persuasive, 
but you have to have a combination of being engaging, being charismatic, being entertaining. So part of that we talked about with Joseph is gamification. That can be in the realm of edutainment. But there are a few other things that we can add to this. The first one is humor. You want edutainment, you need to be better at humor. Now, careful here. They're going to laugh with you and feel sorry for you. you got to practice humor. It needs to be relevant. It needs to be engaging. But humor is powerful. Humor not only increases your likability, people pay attention longer, and they're easier to influence. I've told you this before. You need to have a joke list on your phone. Or list of YouTube videos or both. You can borrow humor, have somebody else tell a joke, or show a YouTube video, or use your own humor. Keep track of it. You hear it all the time. It's all in the delivery. Humor is a power tool. I spent months researching the correlation between humor and persuasion, and it's bigger than you think, and it was bigger than I thought. Direct correlation between your humor, getting people to smile or laugh, and your ability to persuade influence, and your likability. Another one's your ability to tell stories. Stories also increase your likability. Stories persuade without detection. They put people in a subconscious trance and make them easier to persuade and influence. And is the power tool of charismatic, influential people. So when you have a relevant, engaging story that you can tell them, paint the picture. What I mean by that is they can see it, taste it, touch it, feel it. They're living it. They're part of it. That's why they persuade without detection because they're putting themselves in the story. They're living the story. It's triggering emotions. And in their own mind, they're coming with their own solution, which is your solution that you planted with the story. Because you've been into a presentation before, like, oh, story, you're bored out of your mind, you weren't listening. But once that story was told, once they started, you started listening, you were engaged, you were involved. You need to have stories. I can't think of a presentation you can give to a group of people that would not include a story. And then, of course, I need to add charisma. I spent years researching laws of charisma, being more charismatic. And the reason... People said, Kurt, there's over 100 tools of influence. What's the most important? I'm like, charisma. When you're charismatic, people want to be around you. They want to be listened to you. They're engaged. They're involved. They want to be persuaded by you. They want to persuade other people for you. That is true charisma. So can you learn charisma? Absolutely. There are many factors of charisma that you can learn. Part of it's your inner charisma. Part of it's your ability to empower others. And part of it's your presence. But the big piece I want to talk about here is your ability to deliver and communicate and talk with people, your presentation skills. I'm telling you, upward mobility, being successful, is part of your presentation skills, being engaging. In fact, let me throw this out for my listeners. Send me a video of yourself presenting yourself, and I'll give you a critique. I will tell you the areas that you need to work on, things you need to do to be more charismatic, more entertaining, and include edutainment. I've watched thousands of speeches. I can go through them pretty quickly to peg certain things that you can add to be more charismatic and more engaging. This is real. This is important. This is a key factor to your success. So remember, if they're not listening, uh, your fault. If you're boring, your fault. If they say no, uh, your fault. If they fall asleep and start drooling, uh, your fault. Well, maybe they were up all night. Maybe there's a little fault on their end, but you've got to take ownership here. Be more engaging. Use edutainment. Use gamification in your presentations, whether it be one-on-one or in front of a group of people. So thanks for listening. Glad you are here. Please send me your comments at Kurt, K-U-R-T, at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. And this is what I'm going to do for you today. Mention the Sales Hack Program. It's actually 111 sales hacks. These are influence tools that help you persuade below, underneath the radar. And this week, you get it for over 80% off. 
Imagine having the ability to persuade on command. You basically get your own personal bottle of persuasion spray. Imagine the power of that where people are like, no, no. And you went, Psh. They said, okay, everything. How about four of them? <laughs> I'm adding these all the time. There's actually more than 111, but this is how easy it is. Three, four-minute videos, once a day, once a week, whenever you want to do it. You'll learn the tool. You understand the science, how to apply it. Done and done. And that's simple. More tools in your toolbox. Don't be the average person with four, five, six tools. Get over 100 different tools. The more tools you have, then... You can persuade with power because you're persuading people how they want to be persuaded. And these aren't your average techniques. You're going to learn about isopraxism, reciprocal concessions, deindividuation, psychological alignment, inoculation, how to use the placebo effect, and get past perception of competence. So click on the link under the podcast at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Remember to tell your family, friends, and enemies. Hit like, hit subscribe. Know that we're on iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio to maximize your influence. Also, post a new video every week on YouTube where I take a deeper dive in some of the topics I talk about in the podcast to get you more tools. Regardless, take something you learned today. Take that aha. Implement it. Use it. Put it in your toolbox. Become more influential and persuade with power. 